Hey, good evening. Welcome. This is Draft 412. This is JT along with Joe 412 from the Draft 412 team. Tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, I should say, is a big Penguin uh, holiday. Usually it's uh, the trade deadline. A lot of trades have been happening around the league right now. We're going to get into what the Penguins have done, what they could do, if they could do anything. Um, and we'll talk about Ronnie Hextall as well. But don't forget April 27th, uh, our kickoff party um, at Stage AE Draft 412. It's the NFL Draft Party. Merrill Hodge will be on uh, hand as the MC. We got some other people coming on board too as as, as we get closer to the uh, the event. Uh, get your tickets tonight at www.draft412.com. There's regular tickets. There's VIP if you want to meet Merrill Hodge. Um, there's a lot of stuff going on. It changes day by day um, as, as more as more sponsors and more. Um, more people become involved. So we got six weeks till then. Um, and it's, it's picking up. Um, wouldn't you say Joe every day? It's, it's, it's a changing, changing all the time, getting better. Yeah, tickets, tickets are going fast. Sponsorships are hot and heavy and the events coming together. We got a couple of practice runs coming up and, uh, you know, I think as we get through the combine this weekend too, uh, not to switch from NHL to NFL, but you know, as we get through the combine, I think that's when I, I most, people turn their attention back to the NFL just for a brief period. And then you've got a bunch of pro days and things like that running up to the NFL draft at the, at the end there, we're going to celebrate it with a big party. And by the way, Kalaja can see you pit fans got to be happy about that. He's a, uh, he, he just uh, showed himself really well today at the uh, combine, but to get back into the hockey, um, the Penguins did make a couple moves this week, Joe. Um, Teddy Bluger to Vegas for a prospect defenseman and a third round pick. Um, which being honest, when I first saw that to get a, it's not a high defense. It's not a high prospect defenseman, but to get a, a prospect and a third round pick for blue, I thought that wasn't a bad move, so to speak. And I knew we know what the background of that trade was to free up some more money, but, um, you know, that trade basically, like you said, it leaves us, it leaves a fourth line with no, um, no center. And it leaves a, a shorthanded team, uh, decimated. A guy that's one of our better shorthanded guys. And then you go into the next day or later in the day, um, actually the same day, he trades, Hextall trades uh, a second round pick to Nashville for Mikel uh, Granlin. What do you, does this make the team any better, Joe? I mean, in your opinion, I mean, you lose a fourth line center that's a great shorthanded uh, killer, a great penalty killer. And then you um, you gain a guy who can, he, he's, he could play winger, he could play center, but what do you what do you gather from this in the long run? Well, you know, at the beginning of it, uh, last week, when it started with the Kapanen waving, um, when St. Louis picked him up, we got lucky. You know, it, it freed up a bunch of money. Um, and then uh, I think they attempted to do the same stuff uh, with McGinn, hoping someone would would bite there. And you know, Friedman was is what it is. That was more of a minor league move than anything. Uh, and then with the Bluger stuff, it looked like they had freed up to about $6.8 million. That's a sizable amount. And I think everyone thought that we would see uh, Jacob Chikrin, you know, and if you said to me, did the moves we make help us if we would have gotten Chikrin, I would have said yes. Um, you know, but I think this was at best a, a marginal win. Um, you know, I, I don't think we lose anything outside of the potential that Capitan never grew into uh, with Cap gone. And Bluger, like you said, is a strong fourth line center. We're going to miss his forechecking. We're going to miss his penalty killing. 
We're going to miss his face-off ability. Um, and he did have a scoring touch, for what it's worth. You know, he'd, he'd net 10, 12 goals a year. I mean, the guy, if he stayed healthy, was was, you know, one of the Penguins' better players on the bottom six, right? So – you know, the, he, you know, we will miss that. I, I think we'll miss him more than we'll miss Cap. Uh, the move for Granlin, uh, like I said, it's marginal. The guy has top six talent. Uh, he's beginning to wane. He's turned 31 this year. He's not had the season he had last year. Multi-positional, you know, so to use a Tomlinism for NHL, he, he does have positional flexibility. He can play wing uh, and center. Um, he's not a face-off guy. Uh, from what I understand, um, you know, he's and, you know, look, no one goes out there and watches every single bit of tape on uh, on Granlin, you know, from the, the, the time he left Finland or the time he got here. But from what you've seen of him in uh, in Nashville, you know, the guy and, and prior to that, the wild, I mean, they you know, the guy has playmaking ability, uh, which is something that they, they can use um, where he ends up will be interesting for me. I think that if the plan is to bump Carter down and play him at fourth line center, diminishing his, his, his time, but also using his, his size, his checking ability and, and his face-off ability on that fourth line. It's great. I don't think they're going to do that. I think you're going to see, I think Hextall went out to get Granlin to play in the top two uh, and we'll see how that plays out. I mean, we got a lot of guys that look like Granlin right now in their thirties, diminishing talent pool uh, or to, to, uh, talent, um, you know, in general. And, and I think that, you know, maybe he turns around, maybe he just needed, look, Nashville is, you know, fire sale. So maybe he just needed to change the scenery. He comes here and sometimes trades reinvigorate the locker room. Sometimes trades reinvigorate a player and they can go back and forth. You have like the Jerome and Ginla trade, which looked great on paper, never panned out. And then you get a, you get a trade for like Nick Benino. Uh, and the guy ends up, you know, being a big part and playing well above his, his pay grade. And giving you that third line guy that you know was playing injured, that would win faceoffs, that scored a bunch of goals that, frankly, he was never able to replicate, you know, before or after. But he, you know, it was that that run uh, that we had, you know. And I think maybe Granlin does that. We'll see tonight. I mean, I know they're already down one nothing as we were talking about off air, uh, but you know, we'll see if that's uh, if that's enough. And I'm not sure they have room to make another move. Uh, you know, if, if it's a hockey move and they're tra- they're moving salary for salary. Sure. Let's see what they come up with. But, you know, if this was the only Hextall move, it looked good in the beginning and it looked very average by the end. I agree. I think that, um, and as we said, he's handcuffed, but he's handcuffed by his own, by his own doing. I mean, with the, with the Jeff Carter deal, um, I don't know if I could blame him for the, the, the big three coming back. So, I mean, that's a, that's a mix of Crosby wanting what he wanted and, you give you give Latang and Malkin, which they took they took less money, but still, you're building your team around three order guys. Um, he he was handcuffed. Um, I don't think Granlin's a bum by no means, but I just think people in Pittsburgh they wanted the splash, like especially like what you said when you saw the Bluger deal when you, you did free up six point eight. I mean, I heard Brock Bozer's name, a young winger. Um, to me, that would have been a splash move. At least you got a young guy, um, a couple years of contract left. Um, and, and Chickering's the same way, young defenseman with um, some some contract left at, at a good price. Um, that leads me to the next question because um, as we went with the Mac Canada with the Steelers stuff, um, we're basically on the same thing with is, is Ronnie Hexall. Is Hexall is he is he on his way out? You think? I mean, is this 
Well, it's you hard know, to say with the ownership group right now because you don't really hear anything. Yeah, well, you know, the ownership group is new and frankly out of town. I mean, the Fenway group, it does not, they're they're not as emotionally tied to this as perhaps a, a Lemieux. And I would also suggest to your earlier comment that Lemieux was part of trying to keep this core group together, even through the sale. Uh, I think that, you know, oftentimes hockey teams are like family and you want to, you know, go out on your terms like Lemieux did, you know, and like Crosby, Malkin, Latang did that core you know, minus Flory, I think they want to go out, um, you know, together uh, and and make a one last run or perhaps two last runs at it uh, before the clock runs out. And and there's a pattern for that. I mean, if you look, even when the Penguins began to ascend, you know, over a decade ago, it was Detroit reinventing itself. They were, you know, the near dy- dynastic uh, team oh, yeah. at that time. And they they got old, they got long in the tooth and they made some moves. And the difference is, is they were doing that based on draft picks. They were doing that based on their, they were able to bring up some guys uh, that made an impact. And, you know, the cupboards are bare in Wilkes-Barre. There just isn't, there isn't any talent down there. And even though we have under the Hextall regime coveted number one picks, just like in baseball, hockey, it takes a while for these guys to develop. If you're not picking a guy in the top 10, top 15, they're likely not playing for you for a couple of years. They're finishing college. They're polishing their game. They're playing in the minors. They're getting experience where they wouldn't be able to play here. And some of the younger guys, whether it's P.O. Joseph or, or Sammy Poulon, they just have not panned out the way that we had hoped that they would pan out. So there is no guys to bring up. And so you have to go out and find, uh, you know, retreads, you know, or find guys that'll fit like a Jeff Carter for a year or so and give you what you need before they fall off the the ability cliff based on age, injury, and all the above. And I think what Hextall was dealt was, you know, the end of an era. And they were asking him to manage through it and build something at the same time while also trying to win with the team he has. And that's why you saw a move for for Granlin like we like we did. Do I blame him for that? No, I I I can't blame him for that. Uh, but you know, I'm, are we going to get past the first round in the playoffs? Are we going to make the playoffs uh, is the question I would ask if I were a Penguin fan, and I am. Um, you know, is the team going to get there? Um, and, you know, it's it's to be seen. And, and w- are we wise by yet again giving up talent, even though it's in Kapanen's unrealized talent? But in Bluger's, it was real. I mean, he was one of the better fourth-line centers uh, in the game uh, for the last couple of years, um, you know, in return for somebody that, We'll see what happens, you know, and the same thing happened when they ran, made a run at Zucker. Um, same thing, you know, they, they've made runs, you know, you got to give them credit. They were, they're unafraid to to do what they need to do. And uh, if Hextall's at the end of it, it's because Fenway wants to make a wholesale change. You know, they want to, they're going to bring in their own people. They inherited him at the end. Um, you know, same thing with Burke. And, and, and perhaps that's, that is the case. I don't think what he did at the trade deadline here is going to affect them. It's, you know, can he get this team beyond the first round of the playoffs? Can he, and then this year, can he get the team to the playoffs? Um, so we'll see. And, and a lot of that is not on him. It's on Sullivan. It's on the players. They've got to get there themselves. If they wanted this, they've got to show that passion, that fire, that, hey, they still have that ability. they got to go out there and put the puck in the net and win some games. Um, and right now they've been inconsistent at best uh, this season, and we've seen it coming to this over the last few seasons. Oh, definitely. I mean, they're – they're just don't get me wrong. I love Crosby. I love Malkin. 
don't love Latang, but he still plays well for an older guy. But I mean, they're just they're just you can't compete with the younger, faster teams anymore. Uh, Zach Ballesteri, he's a goalie from deck hockey, a goalie that I used to play deck hockey with. He said Chikrin was gone before the Bluger deal was finalized. He went to Ottawa right before right before the uh, Bluger trade was made. But he he said that he wouldn't mind getting John Gibson, which I know people from Pittsburgh love getting these Pittsburgh guys, but he would have loved to get John Gibson to shore up uh, the goaltending, um, which that is that is another case. But you got to get to the point where, I mean, Hextall's got to make a legitimate um, he's got to make a statement. Do you, does he think we're good enough to, to make a run in the playoffs? Well, I don't think he has much of a choice. I, I mean, he really does. Though. I think the first round pick would be, if he really thought we had a, a chance, I think the first round pick would have to be in play. Wouldn't you say that? Cause that's, well, that's basically our best, our best. Uh, it is our best asset and maybe it still is in play. We'll know in the next 24 hours, but it. you know, to your point, um, whoever we draft next year, uh, it, well, if we don't like the playoffs, it's different. Right. That that number one pick is is important. You're, you know, you're going to get a top 15 pick at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you don't, you're drafting a guy that you're not going to see uh, for another couple of years. You might see him every now and then, you know, with a call up just to test him out and, and kick the tires and such. But for the most part, by the time they get up here, Crosby, Malkin and Daltang are all going to be gone or yeah. so far deep into their 30s that they're they're not going to make a difference. Right. And Zach's correct. I mean, Chikrin went. But the Penguins had been in on Chikrin for a while, and I think Naslin was the compensatory pick. <laughs> you know, it was like, well, we we didn't land Chikrin. We got to we got to get somebody. And to your point about Johnny Whitehall, I mean, if they got Gibson in here, uh, yes, I mean Gibson still has he's he's he still has talent. He still has he still has time in this league. But these goaltenders rarely, rarely, rarely move at the deadline. I mean, to get a good solid goaltender like that, mm-hmm. I. I don't I, I have to think back as to who I recall moving at a trade deadline, a goaltender like that. And, and in Penguin history, you know, it's you have to go back to Tom Barrasso um, unless I'm missing something. And even like in the in with the Flory uh, miss, uh, you know, when when he when he left to go to Vegas, that was in free agency. You could say Matt Murray, perhaps, but Matt had proven that maybe, you know, the league had solved his riddle. Uh, and it was time to, to move on from him. But, you know, again, trade line, trade deadline, guys, I, I don't remember. I'd have to go back and take a look. It's been at a while. I'm going to say, I'm going to say in the early 2000s, you saw it, um, not religiously, but you saw it more than you do now. Um, I, I honestly, off the top of my head, can't think of the last, because I would think a team like Edmonton, which I like to get into a couple of the trades that were done around the league, especially in our division. I mean, our division just got how much better? I mean, Rangers got Tarasenko and Kane in the last um, three weeks. Um, Carolina went out and got Piarve. Um, but the well, the one trade that I really – New Jersey got um, Timo Meyer from uh, San Jose. I mean, they're, exactly. and they're all – all them three teams I just mentioned are a lot faster than us to begin with, and, and we're struggling as it is. And um, the Penguins just did score, by the way, as we're, we're going live with the Penguins. I think it might, might have been Dan Peach or – I just said Dan Petrie, Jeff Petrie, Jeff. <laughs> the, son of, the son of Dan Petrie. I was talking about that earlier. Yeah, it was. It was Petrie. But um, our, our division got so much better during this trade uh, deadline. And it's, it's not even over yet. I mean, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. Um, the one trade I really, really NHL-wise, looking at a team and said, wow, that's um, 
that is that's a phenomenal move was Edmonton getting um, Mateus Ekholm from uh, from Nashville because we, we know Edmonton's problems. They can score all day long. Um, Edmonton's a team that needs they need they need a number one goalie. I mean, there's no doubt. But a, a defenseman like Ekholm to me is they pick up two players and two draft picks. But to me, that was a great a great move by Edmonton. Um, and I wouldn't be shocked to see Edmonton keep moving tomorrow. Tomorrow, because I think um, I think they're there offensively. They just gotta they got they're right there, man. They're like the old. They remind me of like the old Penguins. It's like oh, Petri, uh, Jeff Petrie just scored again, so he just got two goals. So unbelievable. He's on fire. Jeff Petrie just MVP. <laughs> That's unbelievable. And I'll tell you what, something about Penguins in Tampa Bay, not to get off the subject, but we they just said we scored 25 goals in the last five games against them. So <laughs> this goes to show you, and Tampa Bay on paper is a much, much faster, better team than the Penguins. Um, but like the Patrick Kane trade with the Rangers, uh, does this put the Rangers, in your opinion, with, the, with their goaltending, that they got so much. I mean, it was just two, it was three years ago, the end of three years ago when the GM sent a letter to all the uh, season ticket holders and said, look, we're, we're trading away, you know, our players and we're going to rebuild. And they reported that team about as fast as I'd seen a team get rebuilt in a long time. And they're, they're good, man. Good, good goalie. Uh, great, great depth. Now you can and Tarasenko. I mean, and, and you got Boston went out and did a bunch of stuff as well. It's, it's going to be, for me, the Penguins do get in as a second or first wild card. I, it's going to be a tough matchup. Tough though. Yeah. Uh, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I don't know. Like, there are teams out there that realize. I mean, like Washington, not a fire sale, but they moved some players. They know they're not going to make. They it. moved right? them to Boston, which is. I mean, if you think about it, they, you know, if they thought they had any potential in the playoffs, why would they move it to a you know the, the best team in the league? And they did that. So. Yeah, yeah, and and what Edmonton's done, sort of addressing your your points one at a time. Um, Edmonton needs to win, right? You have the best player in the league right now, Connor McDavid, and. You guys, you can't advance in the playoffs. You can't. There's nothing there, and there's only so long before that that song gets old, right? They've been playing that for a while and a while, and, and unfortunately, the league, for what it's worth, and I know that they're the Canadian fans are going to hate me for saying it, but when when Edmonton gets three of the first overall picks out of four years and can't put a pro, I mean, you, you know, if you, let's say Connor McDavid was in New York, how great would that be for the NHL or put them in LA, put them in Chicago. Yeah, uh, but yeah. you, you don't, you have them toiling away at some, uh, you know, in Edmonton and believe me, I've, I've been to Edmonton, great city, but no one's paying attention to it. You know what I mean? And if it was Edmonton, Tampa Bay last year in the playoffs, no one would pay attention to that either. And so, you know, when you're trying to build a fan base and you're trying to build the league for those picks and those lottery balls to fall that way, they need them to play like Gretzky and Messier and Curry and Grant Fuhrer were all still there. That's what they need from Edmonton. They need something from that. And you've got this guy that put up 50 goals in 61 games and they still, they, they, they just, you know, is this their year? So yes, mortgaging something to get it, I think is a great move. And it's good for Nashville. I mean, Nashville fans not, might not believe that now, but two players, two picks, they've got what, five pick, five second round picks now in the next they two years, just in the, the yeah, just ridiculous. So like, so they're they're going to restock the cupboard. And you're right about the Rangers, right? So the Rangers, they had a couple of great drafts, they had a couple of great free agent seasons, and now it's time to make a run, you know. And you know whether whether you believe in Lapierre or not, or you know some of the stuff they've done, I think that last year 
getting as far as they did, they feel like, hey, we we can do this. We got it. And they don't have a good goaltender. They have a great goaltender. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and so goaltenders win championships, right? Like you can go through the dynasties. You can go through the one-offs. It's always those goaltenders that put you over the top. They're the ones that are holding down the fort for you. Uh, and they need to, you know, to be shut down in many respects. And they've they've got possibly the best in the league, one of the best, one of the top four, put it that way, uh, and leave it like that. And Tarasenko, he got the the one cup in, in St. Louis a few years ago. He hasn't been as big of a piece there as everybody thought he was going to be. I know there was a, even the Penguin rumor mills a few years ago with Malkin for Tarasenko. Would you do it? Uh, and things like that, you know, and, and, but, you know, moving him is, is good for San Francisco or not San Francisco, good for St. Louis. It's also good for New York if they're going to make this run. Um, and Patrick Kane is at the end of a, an illustrious hall of fame career, bunch of Stanley cups. Um, he gets to go closer to home, has a chance to make a run. Um, yeah. And they didn't give up too much for him. Right. When really yeah, can right. One could be a if they make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, the one becomes a first rounder. But I mean, it's still not. Yeah. But if you would you do that, if you were if you hey, you know, if we could make it to the conference finals, uh, would you would you make that a first round? Sure, you would. I would mortgage that. And oh, that's the thing that getting back to what you yeah. said earlier, what you got. That's what Hextall's facing. I mean, if we want to go out and get that, that's what we got to give up now. Even if we do, we still have to move more, more dead weight. I mean, we still have plenty of, of expensive players on this team that need to be moved along with that number one. So I don't know. My, the truth be told is I, I think they, they're done. I think they're going to ride it out. I think they're going to try to fight for that last wild card to hope for some sort of spark. And, you know, you get on a streak at the right time and, and you're dangerous. And with a bunch of veterans, you can get you can do that. These are guys that have been there. They've won tough games. They've won tough series. They haven't done it in recent years, unfortunately. But I do believe that there's, you know, with Sidney Crosby on your team, you have a chance all the time. He's, you know, the the league's best leader. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, you know, people might rally to him and, and what he's trying to do there. But, you know, I, I, I did they make enough moves? No. I mean, I don't know if they could have made enough moves. That's what I mean. Like Hextall just had kind of a limited pool of funds and could do what he did and and tried to make the best of it and you know I so we'll it pulling off getting an extra third round pick um in the Bluger trade at least you know you don't have a second now but you got you got a couple threes so I, I I I commend him for that move um I I don't like giving up um Bluger so to speak but Bluger that was his first he scored the other night was his first goal and I want to say 30 31 games or 22 games there's there's all kinds of streaks going on these these Penguins that are cool but um. I just got the Future Watch magazine today from the Hockey News, which I love. I love the, this issue. It has the listings of the top 32 organizations, and the Penguins are ranked 31st in um, in um, prospects, with Owen Pickering being the only top 100 uh, at number 40. And and reading through, I mean, we are pretty bad. I mean, our, our we don't like you said it's bare. I mean, your your top two are Pickering and Poulin and. You don't know what you're gonna get. You, you don't know what you're gonna get from Poulin and Pickering. From all 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 accounts right now, he is legit. But like you said, that's a number one pick from last year. He's still he's still a couple years away, probably. And it's it's, it's just hockey is just like baseball. And, and, and explain to the people at home when Sherrington came here, he took like a twentieth ranked organizational prospect team and was able to change it into a a top three like in in two seasons with the draft with trades. Hockey's not quite like that, huh? It's it's a little bit it's a little bit harder in hockey. I mean, you you'd really have to move some players to um 
obtain the draft picks like like Sherrington was able to do with the Pirates. Like hockey's a little bit more difficult to just take a a thirty first ranked prospect team and boom, like you you got to hit on everything to, to to jump up quick on on that. So yeah, you can find there occasionally you can go out and get a guy who has slipped through the college ranks. You know, got drafted, never signed, slipped through, and is available. Uh, you know, free agency is a way to kind of address it but the way these other teams are addressing it is is you know the you know the fire sales right you know let, imagine what you can get on the market right now uh if you had hey john did i lose you do we time out hey we're back yeah, you were there. I, I was, something happened to me. I'm, I'm yeah, that's okay. Yeah, imagine what you could get on the market for Sidney Crosby, right? You know, or what, what, what could you get for Chris Letang? You know, if they were willing to move. And then you gather those picks, right, over a period of a year or two while you still have them signed. You can get something for them. You're not losing them in an unrestricted free agent marketplace. And you bring them in. Uh, and and then you're, you move around. You make positional thing changes. Uh, and you know, you're trading them for prospects, you're trading them for futures, you're trading them for draft picks, uh, and things like that. And, and you know, the, you know, the Penguins, I don't know if the organization has the heart to do that down the road, but you just saw it with Patrick Kane. If you would have told me five years ago, Patrick Kane would have been, would have been a bit of a deadline trade, you know, even Tarasenko, like these are guys that you know screen their teams, right? When you hear their names, I'm not, I can't see Patrick Kane playing in a, in a you know, for the blue shirt, I just can't see it. You know, and I'm about to. Right. So I don't think that this organization is going to be immune to that. I think they just have to make a decision to say, look, we're done. We're not going to go any further with the team we have. And therefore, let's go to fire sale, get as many picks and futures as we can, bring them in, develop them quickly, get them back on the ice. And in the interim, you know, also develop by drafting higher in those lottery picks uh, and getting guys that can play right away. Like LaPierre came in and LaPierre came in right away and played. Crosby came in right away and played. Ovechkin, Malkin. That's because that's where you were drafting. Those guys were ready at 18. Um, Jordan Stahl, they thought he was going to be in the minors. The guy, they couldn't send him down. Yeah. You know, they were, you know, he was just, he was killing it as our third line center. You know, and that's, those picks make you look good, but we're not there. You know, we, we were either going to be down in the, in the late 20s or early 30s every year, uh, or we were trading them away to sustain the dynasty. Right. So, you know, I think you, we have to recalibrate our minds knowing that there's going to be a couple of down years like the Rangers did. Get ready for that letter that they sent out to all the season ticket holders saying, stick with us. We're going to rebuild, you know, and, you know, hope that in a couple of years when they do give this in, that they can get enough for some of those guys. Uh, and that there's a Connor Bedard waiting to come out for them. I, I, I agree. And um, the, the one thing I was going to say also, like you were talking about, Trading the big three, which I don't, I don't see Crosby ever getting traded. I, I honestly don't. Um, Malkin, I, I've been wanting Malkin to get traded here for the last, I thought, two or three years ago. He could have brought us a nice little haul. Um, I think that's getting less and less. But what about the second tier of guys? Do you think the Penguins be willing to, and I hate to give up on these guys, but like Gensel, Rust? Well, I think those are the guys that will more likely go. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, like you're right. I mean, it's hard to trade the heart of your team in Crosby. Your fans know you've given up and it's hard to ever imagine him in any other kind of uniform. Um, not the same I mean, for a guy like Gensel or Rust who have value somewhere else. 
you know, they still have lengths on a relatively decent contracts. They both took team friendly deals. They're both relatively young in comparison to the rest of the team. And they, these guys can make a difference where Russ can play, you know, either wing, you know, Rusk, is, he's a penalty killer. He's a power play guy. Same thing with, with, with Gensel on the power play. These guys can net you goals and make a difference to a team that's making a run. What kind of haul can you get for them? You know, and that's the truth. And you let out, you, you, you let the mainstays play out the string until they're ready to go. And I think they all want to go and retire together, you know, and I think that's, you know, that's great and admirable and to some degree noble, but I, I don't know if that's best for the team. Right. And you mentioned Brock Besser before you mentioned JT Miller's another guy yeah. whose name is going to throw it flown out there. And that's the kind of stuff that I think would have made a difference. And we'll see, like there's still 24 hours left to go. So, you know, I'll not going to, you know, count our chickens before they hatch, but I don't know what they could move if they move a Getzel. I mean, does that help? What are they going to get back? Are they going to get a, a Getzel for a Getzel? You know what I mean? Or are That's they going to get you know, if you move against someone something and you get like a JT Miller, are you really are you really improving yourself? Right. That's how much how much better have you gotten? Right. Yeah, so like I, mean, I don't know if like it, in Jake Getzel's case, he's just on Crosby. He's like he's a mainstay. He's he's on that line, and you're they're just going to have to sink or swim with it. You know, and I think that's where they are. They made their their move, and I think that they're uh, they've played it out, and we'll see what happens if if they make the playoffs. This makes sense. If they don't make the playoffs, it still makes some sense, right? Because Kapanen wasn't working. No, uh, and, and Bluger, you can you could find another Teddy Bluger. They have Ryan Poling. You know why, why aren't they using Poling in that in that situation? You got there's your fourth line guy right there. Or if you're paying Jeff Carter, move him down to the fourth line. Maybe he plays better as an older player with less minutes. You know, the, the third line stuff might be just too much for him at this stage in his career. It is too much room in this stage of your career and you're, you're saddled with this contract. No one's going to take it, but you know, in the off season, you could find other guys like that out there and maybe make that work. Uh, but you're not going to be able to do it at the trade deadline and it's too expensive then to do it. You know, in the, in the off season, it might not be. I mean, so basically going forward, you would be shocked if the Penguins made any major deals tomorrow. And it's almost impossible for them too. unless they, like you said, they move basically, a rust for a guy that's like Russ. I mean, you're not going to get much. You're not going to get any better than than Russ in the trade back. I mean, it's going to be. Yep. You know, they're they're in a, in, a, in a tight a tight spot, and they're going to get any better. Like you said, if they make the playoffs, you you pick 18, 19, 20, wherever they lose in the first round, and it's you ain't really going to get you ain't getting a a bona fide superstar at that point in the draft. Or, well, you know, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get Owen Pickering again. Yep. You know, and the guy that'll come in and play. And Owen, to his credit. That was a steal. I think that might have been the best pick of the first round. Not, I mean, that were because of where he slid. And yeah. I don't even think he, I mean, I think the Penguins did a great job. They picked a guy who will be a mainstay of their defense for many, many years to come, mm -hmm. who's just never going to play on with this current team. Uh, and that's just the, that's the, that's the reality of it. Right. So, you know, if you want to make a move, you put him on the block. You want to make a move because no one's taken Poulin. You know what I mean? No one's going to, there's no one to dive into and, uh, and and kind of like rummage through what they've got in the minors because there's nothing in the minors, you know. And that that first round is juicy, you know. Do they have the courage to expend it? Do they really think that that's going to bring in somebody? And if they do, where are they moving the rest of the money? They still need to make. Let's like say they they find another six million dollar guy to come in. What's going out? You know, what team is taking that? They're, it's like okay, we'll take your six million in return for our six million, but we want your first round back. And that's a decision that Hextall is going to make. And I don't know if he's got the green light 
from the Fenway group to do that. And as a Penguin fan, I, I, I sort of I'm, – I'm on the edge of – I'd rather have the first-round pick, especially with our prospect pool the way it is. I mean, we got to start I – I honestly don't think no matter what they do, unless they bring in a bona fide 40-goal winger to play with the, the first two lines, they have no chance of – Give them a chance. I mean, you got to be, got to be honest. I love Crosby. I love Malkin. I love Latang. They had a great career, but they, it just, you can't build around them three anymore. Yeah. You got to get, you got to get younger. You got to get faster. Um, I, I thought, I thought last off season, I was uh, on, on my podcast. I was totally against signing Malkin and Latang. I, I said one or the other. I, I'd have rather had Malkin than Latang at the at the time because. As much as Latang could be a great player, he just he he still does some bonehead things. Um, Malkin, I think two or three years ago you could have got a nice haul. I think now it's over. I don't I don't think you get a big haul for Malkin right now. Do you? I mean, do you think you, you might get a, a a decent prospect, maybe a higher draft pick? But I don't think you break a team doesn't break the bank to get Malkin right now, especially with the salary and everything involved. Yeah, well, what you can do, the magic you were asking for before is that you free up his cap space for next year. Mm -hmm. And then you can use that for free agents that you want to target, which was kind of what the Rangers did, right? You know, the Rangers went out and got a bunch of guys um, that could play right away with a core team that was on the rise, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that they built through the draft and and with trades. But they also moved a bunch of guys that cost them money. And all of a sudden, wham, they had a bunch of – like, just imagine right now with the Penguins – hadn't re-signed Malkin or Latang, you know, there's nearly $20 million of cap space that would have been free. And that could be three or four players that could be playing better right now that are on lesser contracts that are still ascending. Uh, that's still in that, that you could have gone out and at least attempted to get, and then you could make those moves uh, and do things like that in the hall that you would have gotten back. Even if is, I mean, let's face it, they don't have to be first rounds to pan out. You know, the Penguins, I mean, Jake Gessel, Brian Russ, Chris yeah. Latang, they weren't first rounders. No. I mean, all these guys are all all stars and even glorious to winning the cup, right? There's only sure. I mean, there was a run there where the Penguins had gotten Flory and Crosby and Malkin and Stahl, and it's because they stunk as bad as they did mm-hmm. uh during that time. We're not there. We're on the opposite end of that spectrum, right? So, like in order to bounce back quickly, you have to do that, and or you have to have a sophisticated fan base to know that it's it's better for you to perhaps stink so that you can get back to the top of that draft the the top of the lottery picks and start to stock the cupboards that way and spend a few years toiling around uh you know being a punching bag until you get those those picks again right and you know like we just we don't know when this team is it's it's you could see the the end of the, the of the of the road here. It's it's we're near it, um, and unless they can catch lightning in the bottle, you know, and and make the playoffs, and then when they do, I don't know. It's like, can you see them beating Carolina? Can you see I them see beating? Them. You Honestly, know, I see them beating Carolina, the Rangers, or Boston right now on paper. I mean, don't get me wrong. Hockey is hockey. If if Jari goes into the playoffs and maybe plays lights out, you know how that goes. A goalie could be lights out, and we we've seen that before. Mm-hmm. During penguin runs where we just ran into a goalie, but I just don't see on paper. Um, I don't see enough enough scoring unless we're playing Tampa Bay. I, I'll take our chances against Tampa Bay. We're up three two on them right now as as Zucker just scored. But um, it's I know exactly what you're saying. It's it's a bad situation to be a Penguin fan, and I 
and it's a bad time to be like a Pittsburgh. I'd hate to be a Pittsburgh GM right now because I think in his heart, he knows we're not good enough. We're not. I mean, there's nothing he can really do. And I think I give Hexall a little bit of credit if he does stick to the number one. Why, why give him a number one for a number one and you give up a player to get Brock Besser? Just say that's what the deal would have been. I mean, is it really worth it at the end of the day? And then you got no draft pick. I mean, you, you got to find that happy medium. Like, um, like, like to me, Boston could trade all their picks right now. It's not a problem. They should win. They, they, they should be on paper, should be the Eastern Conference final, or at least right there. They should be. And I get that. But the Penguins are so far, I mean, besides a, a lucky maybe first-round break or two where Jari plays unbelievable, I don't even know if he'll be healthy. That's the other thing. I mean, we've had some bad luck lately with, with injuries. Yeah, and if his injury is chronic, uh, they're going to have to address the goaltender situation that's, in, in that's the offseason too. And DeSmith ain't, I mean, nice story for a couple of years as a backup, but he's not not a long-term backup. I mean, you're not a guy you're going to play 10 games in a row or or 10 out of 11. And we've seen Tokarski, that ain't going to work. So they, they definitely need, they, they need they need depth in their organization. I mean, first and foremost, I mean, even if they would sneak it out this year and somehow make a run in the long run, three years from now, this is going to be one of the worst teams in hockey. I mean, once you lose Crosby, Mulkin, Latang, and then you have um, – no prospects coming up. You have an Owen Pickering maybe coming up. Samuel Pullman will be forced to be in the lineup at that point. And um, we don't get lucky with, with uh, college free agents in the past. We'd have been in this position a long time ago. I mean, we just we get we, we got lucky. I mean, we did during our, our runs. We got lucky with some draft picks. And like you said, all them guys were never first runners. Gensel, uh, Latang, Ijari. I mean, they're all guys that were not in the first round, but um I guess I'm, I want to finish our talk with another guy that – is it time to start – I think he's a great coach. But is it time to start putting Sullivan a little bit on a hot seat? I like him. I think the guy's a great coach. Um, but is he the kind of guy – would he be the kind of coach you'd want to see in a rebuild? Is he that kind of – would he be that kind of guy you'd want to lead a team that was starting, sort of starting over? Yeah, so um, I think Mike Sullivan's one of the best coaches in the league. Uh, he's proven that now you could say that for anyone who's had the talent that he's had around him, um, you know, oftentimes coaches are labeled best in the league until their talent goes away. And then they're just like everybody else. But what I think Sullivan has done is really, he, he plays his philosophy. He's got a system. He knows what he's looking for. And if you don't fit it, you're gone. Uh, and he moves on to the next to find guys that do fit it. Um, does I, I would give him the latitude to decide whether or not he wants to continue coaching, uh, through I, a rebuild. I, I honestly think that, uh, if he wants to, sometimes it's just a matter of like a, an attitude change and you're going to, you have to address it because it needs to be addressed that way. But I, I would find it hard to tell a guy who's won as much as he has, and frankly might have won, uh, even more if it wasn't for some injuries and, I agree. and, and some, you know, NHL shenanigans uh, that uh, that uh, m- you know we might have another cup uh, or so to to be discussing. But you know, I I would find it hard to move on from him if he wanted to stay. Maybe that's a question they have to come up and ask him. Hey, do you want to live through this rebuild? And we want to do what the Rangers have done and do this in two or three years as opposed to doing this over a four or five year period. Because let's face it, I mean the you know, we don't know how Fenway is going to be. Are they going to act in the same way the Lemieux group did? 
um, you know, and do it successfully as long as they have, do they, are they going to have, you know, and look, there are other, there are other teams uh, that they own within the group. They've been able to do that with. So, you know, I trust in them to be able to pull this off here in Pittsburgh. Um, But, you know, I think to answer your question about Sullivan, I think I'd leave it up to him. I would not want to move on from him. I just don't know if he wants to do that. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with what you're saying because, I mean, to me, the way he came in and coached his team, and, and I used to think it might be a negative thing that if you're a young player and you don't fit his style, he just ain't going to play you kind of thing. And I thought at the beginning maybe we're going to lose some lose some talent because of that. Because you heard the same thing sort of about Bowsma. I mean, the Penguins are one of them teams you always say, like, oh, this guy didn't – Bowsma don't like him or, or – uh, Sullivan don't like him. He's not going to play. And you heard that with like, but the guys you heard it from, they never made it in the NHL. Like, like yeah. Simone Dupre was a big one. Simone Dupre was a guy. I was like, oh, why ain't he playing? Why don't they play Dupre? Um, what did he do when he left here? He has he never played. Well, that, that's exactly, you just hit the nail on the head. And that's why the guy is an expert eye for that kind of talent, right? Like Dar- Darren Sprong, uh, you know, even, even what he did, I think the concession he made, on Kessel by bringing in Tockett and saying, you coach him, yep. you know, bifurcate it. And we were able to use that to win two cups, right? Yep. Like, and, and doing that because Kessel is, has got his eccentricities. Not everybody's going to be a Crosby, right? And, you know, and, the, you know, everybody's individual. You and know, and he was able to say, look, this is a problem for me. I'm going to change the way this is to the benefit of the team. And the benefit was inured because of his willingness to say, this is, I need Kessel. We all know that I need Kessel. We're going to win cups with Kessel, but I can't deal with it. So this is how I'm going to deal with it. And he brought in a guy like Tockett uh, to make that work. And it, and it worked. Same thing goes for Ian Cole. I loved watching Ian Cole play. He mm-hmm. didn't, you know, so as as much as Ian Cole meant to, to, to those teams, he was willing to part with them because he didn't fit the system. Right. Mm-hmm. That's true. I never thought of that. Like he actually, a guy like Kessel really didn't fit the system, but he knew it was a guy they needed. It's a guy that just, I mean, you need a, you need a, you need a goal scorer in that line. But oh yeah, the HBK line that was the best third line in the NHL for two two and a half seasons, yeah, right? It and it, and I think that it was because he made that personal concession, even though it'll never be written that way, and the story never never even told that way. Mm-hmm. Looking through the fishbowl. You know, and and if I were writing that story, I'd say, you know what? The guy realized that he needed him. He he had this amazing asset that was never going to be a leader of the team. But you put him on a third line and he's playing against other players like that with the speed he had, you know, uh, on that line with with uh, Benino and and Haglin. And now all of a sudden, you know, you're you're turning him into a superstar and just hey, play him on your power play, play him on your third line. And that's what you can expect from him. You tried to move him up to play with Crosby. It didn't work. Tried moving him up to play with Malkin. It was it was middling, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you put him on a line with Benino and Haglin, of all people, and bam, magic happens, right? And that's that's a good point. That's that's a good point to finish up with it. People might get mad at this as, uh, this Mikel Granlin trade, but at the end of the day, Granlin, like you said, he might get put on a line where it's just two teammates that he clicks with, and all of a sudden it, it brings something out of him. I mean, Carter was sort of like that when he first came here. He mm-hmm. looked unbelievable. I mean, you never know. That's why I always tell people, I mean, Greenland's a, a veteran that's been in the league. He's not a bum by no means. He's not a guy that hasn't performed in the league. He wasn't. But people got to give it give it a chance. I mean, and, and I think we pretty much described Hextall in a, in a nutshell that it really, he's doing what he can do. I'm not, I'm not a fan of Hextall by no means. 
you can't tell you can't say why this guy bringing so and so in. You just proved it. Why you, we have no money? You have no you have no you have no assets. I mean, the only asset you have is a number one pick in, in Owen Pickering. I mean, right. And are you going to are you going to trade either one of those or both of those to improve yeah, your team? Your, your for maybe a year, maybe two years. Yeah. And if you make if you make a trade and you let them go and you you go do nothing, you're and you're cupboard is parallel you have nothing to nothing to bring up in the future so sure that was a good talk and and for the penguin fans out there i mean one other thing that's going on the pens are up three two right now so we win four in a row after that big where they looked terrible and the people wanted to they're already <laughs> right back in that spot with games in hand like our playoff position looks a lot just in one week it looks so much better just from that just goes to show you with hockey the way it is you can go from looking like you're gone, which they did. I mean, them, them lost, especially to Edmonton. And Edmonton shows us right there, a young, fast team. Penguins cannot, um, they can't compete. You can't. Especially yeah. with Connor McDavid. Jeez, oh, man. I don't think we've ever seen anything like Connor McDavid in our lifetime. As much as I love Crosby as a rookie, he was never that, never that. So Yeah, I mean, you have to go back to Lemieux, right, to be fair. Yeah, but Crosby is is possibly the best leader Right. I mean, you have to put him in the top five of all time because of what he's been able to accomplish from a talent perspective. Connor McDavid's got it. Does he have the leadership ability? Is he ever going to win them a cup? That's you the know? question. And, and it's, it's, it's like the old example of we all knew that Dan Marino was the best quarterback, but Joe Montana was the greatest. He won four Super Bowls back in that era. Yep. Right. So it's like, hey, as, as much talent as Dan Marino had, Joe Montana was getting it done. Uh, went four for four when he got the Super Bowls. That's exactly Dan Marino was zero for one and lost. And I'm a big Dan Marino fan, you know. But you know, you, you, it's almost like where, when's Connor McDavid going to get his cup? Is this his year? You know, have, can they catch Colorado? And I, you know, or whatever. You know what I mean? I, and, and I, think yeah, that, like, I mean, Colorado is still a team to beat out West. And and you made a great point, Marino Montana, because I mean that's that was me growing up football wise, and everybody knew Marino was. He was going to put up the most yards. He just had to. He's going to throw the most touchdowns. But at the end of the day, they, they couldn't get it done. They couldn't get it done. I, I blame that on a defense as well. But I mean, well, not, yeah, well, that's the same thing that Montana could have over. He, he's a leader. I mean, I look at the Ben, the Ben Roethlisberger draft. Um, mm -hmm. Philip Rivers sometimes gets put ahead of Roethlisberger in the total, but he never got it done, man. He never. I, mean, he never, I don't know who whoever's watching that. Philip Rivers. He never won anything. No, he didn't. And you got. Well, I, I don't know how you could put him in front of Ben at all. And that's the th that's the, my comparison here, and why I think it's appropriate. I mean, Crosby's yeah. won three cups, played in four, one. I mean, you could put the Olympic stuff, overtime goal, and all that kind of no. stuff. You know, all the awards he's won, what he's done for the team, the reinvigoration that the city, um, and you know, even though McDavid has much more God given talent than Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby's gotten over the finish line and stood number one on that podium, you know, and we just haven't seen it from Conor McDavid. You know, he's got all the talent in the world, you know, but no is he ever going to get that team over the top? And maybe it's an Edmonton thing. Like you said, it's just like, they don't have the defense and I'm a goaltender. There are always going to be weaknesses there and he could score twice a night. The other team's going to score three times a night. Right. You know, so, you know, and dry side, all those guys, they've got a team there. No, they they're just, on paper, they're 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 talent. I mean, I think Ekholm is going to go a long way. I, I think he can. He can. I think that might be the piece that they need. Goalie problem a little bit. Yeah, the goalie's always been a problem there. They've got to figure that out. They got to solve that riddle. But Joe, thank you so much. Four one two, Joe. Joe four one two. I'm sorry, Joe four one two. Thank you so much. Um, 
Dave, Dave, and uh, Emmett couldn't make it tonight, but we'll have some podcasts coming up uh, with football. The draft, of course, is getting bigger. Uh, we're going to Indy tomorrow. Me and um, um, Joe four one two. We're going to Indy tomorrow, so we're going to be there in person. Um, there's a lot of big news coming, sports and 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 next coming, especially um, hockey playoffs around the corner. You got the deadline tomorrow. Uh, football is just going to start picking up bigger and bigger because free agency is um, March 13th, which is right around the corner as well. So um, stick with Draft 412. Um, Joe 412, I'm JT. Look for us um, and, and future podcasts. We're going to get – we'll talk about the Penguins here in the next couple of weeks as well, see what they did tomorrow in the trade deadline. If they win tonight, like I said, it's four in a row. So – don't sell them short of the playoff thing. I, I, I honestly think they'll make the playoffs. I have, I really have little doubt they'll make the playoffs. I, I'm pretty positive about that. Unless Jari goes down, if Jari goes down, they're not going to make the playoffs with the Smith and not. Of course, he is the uh, backup. So, but, but Joe, thank you so much, um, guys. Get on www.draft412.com. Um, don't forget about the party. The party is going to be huge. It's going to be a great time. There's going to be uh, Merrill Hodge, there's going to be uh, the Bus Foundation, some um, silent auctions going on, some great sponsors. Um, get on www.draft412.com, get your tickets. Uh, there's VIP if you'd like to meet Merrill. Um, come on, have a great night with us. First, first round of the draft is always fun. So thank you, Joe, and um, look to see you tomorrow, man. Sounds good.